Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, I want to welcome and introduce my guest today, which is the amazing Steve Judge, who I've had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing for my YouTube channel previously and I've seen him deliver his keynote talks and I've read his book. He's got an amazing book called Don't Lean on Your Excuses. Steve, I'm sure, will tell you all about his journey and uh, how he has achieved what he's achieved and he goes for gold and encourages others to go for gold um, after uh, an amazing life-changing accident. So over to you, Steve. Please do introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you very much, sir. It's lovely to be here. It was great doing the, the YouTube with you and it's nice to hear on, the, on your podcast, Harnessing Happiness. So um, yeah, tell a little bit about myself. Um, I don't know where to start. Never, I never really know where to start, but I will just go through it as quickly as possible. So I think the main thing is I had a, a near-fatal car accident. That's the big thing that happened to me. It's a life-changing experience. I love using the quote at the moment of everybody has two lives. The second one starts when we realise we've only got one. What it means is when you've got that life-changing experience, that's when you think, oh my goodness, we've only got one life, we better live it. And which sounds a bit of a cliche, but it can happen with various things. It can happen with redundancy, uh, from breaking up with a partner, from having a near-fatal car accident, which brings it back to me. So that's what happened to me in 2002. Car skidded off the road, not my fault, water on the road, crushed both my legs, was told that I may never walk again. And that, for me, was, as you can imagine, life-changing. The rehabilitation that I had to go through was just absolutely immense. It took me years, about a year and a half, just to, to able to stand again and walk again. I had to grow my leg back. And throughout that time, I was always setting goals and working towards them because this is what I wanted. This is what my gold was. And my gold... What I think about when I say gold is my goal, my opportunity, my love, my desire, you know, my dream. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I was working towards and at that moment. I, I mean, I guess yeah, initially it was just to survive. But then after that, it was I wanted to stand again. I wanted to walk in. I, I think these are human things. When it comes to what you want, a lot of it comes down to health. Something that we take for granted uh, until it's taken away from us and then we think, oh my goodness, okay, I better start paying attention to that. So yes, my health, standing, walking again. Um, but then I, once I realised that I'd, I'd managed that, you know, not quite how I was before. I now had disability in both my legs, but I was standing and walking again. I realised what could be done and how that made me feel. I pushed myself even further, physically. And so I was always setting more goals and working towards them in swimming and cycling, eventually into running, eventually got into um, a disability sport called power triathlon. So that's swimming, cycling and running. Again, I set goals in that so that I could compete because I, I like to compete. I know not everybody likes to compete, but I wanted something that would push me physically at that stage. I wanted, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to answer the question why, you know, a lot of people <laughs> Why not doing this thing? Yeah, why? I mean, a life-changing moment, and I, I kind of get that. I had one of those myself. It, that was, as you alluded to, a sort of a, a partner, you know, breakup of a long-term relationship mm. after twenty years. But you know, you, you've gone from that to wanting to survive, to wanting to walk, to then to starting to run, to cycling, to, and then going into 
into paratriathlons. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh. I mean, you talk about, it's not just small goals. It's your your gold, as you've said. It just depends on the individual and everybody's different. So you can't compare yourself to other people. For, so for me, I think initially, yeah, that the health and standing out, I think they're, they're natural things. But I really wanted to prove that the accident hadn't had a detrimental effect on my life. I hated the accident. You know, if I call it a, a personal name or, or something, then I would. But you couldn't just the accident. I didn't want that to drag me down. I wanted to to prove that I was still OK. I could still do things. I needed that for myself. And this was a good way of me doing it. So push myself physically, you know, set myself goals so that I could, say, be faster on the bike than I was before the accident. I had some times before the accident I wanted to be faster than that. And I and I did it just on one one route that I I always did, and I did it faster. I thought, well, that's good. What more can I do? What more can I do? What more? How? And it goes back to that, you know, we've got two lives thing. Yes. I want to make the most of my life. You, you suddenly realise with a life changing experience, you think, oh my goodness, I've only got, I don't know what, sixty years left. I've already you know, <laughs> burnt out thirty five years. What what am I going to do? Um, and it's not necessarily I want to know lay down a legacy or anything like that, but it's about. I want to have no regrets. And I think this is what it comes to. I'm kind of answering my own question here. It does come down to the no regrets thing. And my book title, Don't Lean On Your Excuses, the next bit is uh, living your life with no regrets because there's nothing worse than having regrets. It, it It's horrible. It eats you up. And so that's different for everybody. So what is that? Is that making sure you spend time with your family, uh, with your kids? Is it about getting educated? Is it about earning lots of money? Is it about being physically fit it's and I think a lot of it comes down to whatever makes you happy mm. that that to me is the whole point of Absolutely. life it sounds quite deep but this is the thing what what does make you happy so just do that it's that drive it's that passion that's that energy and it's but it's it's connecting isn't it it's knowing what sort of fires you up and we were talking before we started recording we were just discussing your operation you've just had yeah. and you were being asked about your job and the fact that you were going to have a, what is an anaesthetic wasn't it yeah and they were asking you what <laughs> you just you raised the raised the bar rather yeah, just, just like my, my blood and my temperature and just watching you know my breathing and as they were doing this quite mundane task they said so mr judge you know what do you do for a living and as at all I'm a professional speaker and I talk about this and I empower people to live their lives. And, for, and they said, oh, Mr. Judge, can you stop speaking? Because your excitement is sending the, the results through the roof. And that's because I love what I do. I love my job. And so when I talk about it, I'm passionate and I talk about it. And, you know, and that was one person. Then like five minutes later, as I'm being wheeled off to the operation mm. theatre, the guy said, oh, so, Mr. Judge, no, no, what do you do for a living? So, again, I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker. And he, he asked me the most mundane, bizarre question. He said, do you enjoy that? And I thought, <laughs> well, of course I enjoy it. Because, one, it's my own business, so it's my choice. Yes. Um, and, two, I absolutely love it. And this is how everybody should be in everything that they do. And I understand that not everybody's like that. Uh, you know, I've been in jobs, goodness me, I've been in many jobs. I used to work down the coal pits for crying yeah. out loud. And you know, I wouldn't say I was like passionate about that. I did it for a job. It paid the bills. But now I've moved on. I think, again, with my life-changing experience, I've realised that I need to be in a job where I get happiness from it. You know, that, that adds to me five days a week if, if you're happy in your work. So doing things like that. And yes, I, I, I do enjoy my job, but a lot of people out there don't. And I'm not saying, well, you know, just quit and find something else. But you can at least work towards 
finding something else. Oh. I'm not saying it's easy, but you've got to do that. You've got to work towards it. Oh, totally. I completely and utterly agree with you. And that's obviously, as you know, that's my passion. That's what I do. And I absolutely love nothing more than helping people identify those talents and passions and helping them align their career accordingly. Because it's always going to be a career in alignment with what you're excited about what you're passionate about you know you don't need to be um running the the top race at the top of the field to be working in something to do with sports or running or physical work there's always going to be something that you can enjoy and get passionate about but it's finding out what it is and I know you know with working with people myself over the years it takes a while sometimes to dig down to help people find that because it can be a bit buried based on sort of their life experiences. But when you've got it like you have, and, you know, I know I'm really passionate. I've always been passionate. I love life. I get a bit, a bit get overexcited. I'll probably be like yourself, Sarah, calm down. <laughs> we need to, get, yeah. we need to get, get your blood pressure down. It's just great. And you can see it in people when you're actually talking to them, when they're talking. I mean, there's elements of part of what I do. You know, I've got to do some invoicing or doing something that I don't understand. But that's part of it. And like you, I'm self-employed and that's part and parcel of it. There's always going to be challenges within whatever we do. But actually, if you spend 90% of your time in something that you're passionate about, it's not work, is it? And you you say you're, you're happy, you love doing what you're doing and you get excited about it. My gosh, I mean, all the stuff that you do, and as I say, your, your talk, your book, and I know you're writing another book. And, and there was something else in that story you were telling me earlier as well, which I think is really, really amusing, is about the sick note that you could have right now. I mean, bearing in mind, obviously, your operation that you've just had is nothing in comparison to what you went through post-accident. And I've seen the photographs, and I've read the book, and honestly, I, I, I encourage anybody to... to, to buy Steve's book or listen to our interview on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I think it was after the operation, I just come around, still a bit dizzy, and there was a, a guy next to me and, and she said, do you want a sick note? And he said, yes. And then she turned to me and she said, do you need a sick note as well? And I just thought, no. Well, I would love a sick note because... <laughs> I've read up on it and the operation I've had on my hand means that I should really be having two weeks off work. But I run my own business. I can't afford to take two weeks off work and I need to look after my wellness uh, and everything. And I understand that. But the thing is, is that I can't just take time off. I can't take time off like that. And that, that evening, you know, I was looking at my emails and, you know, I had to reply to some of them, which was just, you know, they were urgent. It's something that I needed to do. So... You know, much as I'd love to take some time off, sometimes you just can't run your own business. You know, that's that's the consequence, isn't it? It is. But the beauty of running your own business is you can sort of take your time and work it and shape it to fit around you. And there are, are some things that, as you say, you end up doing. I mean, I can be doing 10, 12 hour days without, <laughs> without any problem. But then I can take two hours like I did this morning um, because I went and I had a personal training session and then I came back and just got myself organised and you can sort of move your time around which is the beauty of obviously self-employment what else makes you happy obviously it's, it's motivating and helping other people what else makes you happy Steve I think fitness does now I say I think fitness so what I'm saying there is sometimes it's difficult because when to do the fitness is hard um, it's hard to get yourself out of bed put your clothes on actually go out and go for a run or go on the rowing machine but it's, it's how you feel at the end of it. So a good example is in in the summertime, I love going swimming in the open water lake uh, near me. I, I cycle down there on a Saturday morning, uh, go for a swim, and might go for a run as well and then cycle home. And I love it so much in the water that, you know, uh, sometimes my goggles leak because I'm <laughs> smiling so much. But let me go back to when I wake up at, at 6.30 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. I do not want to jump out of bed and go and jump in a lake because... I'm nice and cosy in bed. 
So that's not what gets me out of bed. What gets me out is the feeling I will have, I know I will have when I get out of the water. I know, or in the water, as I'm smiling and just have, feeling the sense of freedom uh, in the water and just you know using my, my body, my power to power me through and, and coming out and just going, wow, I've just been in the lake. It's a, such a fulfilling feeling. And that's why I get out of bed and go and do it. So it's about thinking about the consequences of what makes you happy that's what you need to do. So, you know, eating chocolate cake makes me happy, but I know the consequences <laughs> are not so good as swimming in the lake. Alcohol, I love a little drink of alcohol and, you know, maybe a lot, but in the next morning, again, the consequences yes. aren't good. So it's very much about getting the balance right. And it's that eudonomic and uh, hedonic. Have you ever heard the two different types of happiness, hedonic and eudonomic? Oh, do, do share, please. Okay, so there's two different types of, of happiness. There's hedonic and eudonomic. So hedonic happiness is very instant. It's, it's like a buzz. Mm -hmm. It's like a sugar rush, something like like a pulse. Yeah. Whereas the eudonomic is something more, I guess you can relate it with flourish. Mm -hmm. It's when you do a lot of uh, education and at the end of three years you get a degree or you do a long race and when mm -hmm. you finish it, you, you cross the finish line. It's, it's a flourish feeling, something that you have to work hard to. Um, so a lot of people go for the the quick one, the hedonic, because um, it's a, it's a quick yeah quick, quick fix yeah yeah quick fix. And they've done studies on this, and the answers are you actually need a bit of both, which is nice. It's all about balance. Yes. So yeah, you do yeah. need a quick fix now and again just to pick you up. Mm -hmm. But overall, you need to keep thinking about the long term wins and the long term happiness. And and some people get this wrong if they just go for the quick fix all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just drinking, they're just smoking, they're just you know having chocolate cake and buying lottery tickets that's not going to work and they fall down whereas the people that invest invest in money invest in their education invest in their health work on their happiness over time then they're going to flourish more but you need a little bit of you know the quick fix to, to keep you going at certain times so that's what I'm, I'm aware of of doing a bit of both all the time and that's the same with my business you know it's a long haul working on your business I, and i'm impatient you know i'm an actor you know? <laughs> not just me then oh good <laughs> yeah. like immediately and, and they don't happen and it gets really frustrating however i've always said that there's nothing wrong with impatience as long as you use that impatience to drive you forward there's nothing worse there's nothing wrong with being angry as long as you use that anger to do something if you're angry about something then get off your ass and do something and, and take action to do it Otherwise, you're just going to waste away. So it's about using these feelings that you have to your advantage to get things done. In my business, you mentioned that there's some things in, in all of our businesses mm. that we don't like doing. And I think that goes for every single person. I'm, I'm a speaker. So the best thing I like doing is standing on that stage and speaking. That is the main thing. That is the top one thing that I like. All the other stuff, the marketing, the lead generation, oh, yes. the, the invoices, the admin work, not my cup of tea. However, I have to do it. My goal is to be earning enough on the stage so that I can employ somebody that can do my accounts, my mm. invoices and everything like that. That's my goal because doing that doesn't make me happy. I know I need to do it at the moment, but you know, it actually, believe it or not, other people do like that. They do like admin. They do oh, like Excel spreadsheets and Absolutely, stuff. absolutely. And that's the beauty of it. We are all unique. We're all unique individuals. We've all got different things. We're all made up in different ways. We've got different internal drivers. We've got different things that fire us up. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough because of my recruitment business, I have got a full-time office manager, PA. And she does all the stuff that I absolutely hate, <laughs> 
crunches all the detail. I switch off two paragraphs into something that's a little bit detailed. I go, Lou, look at this. Um, yeah. But, you know, she wouldn't want to be doing this. You know, she, she doesn't want to be talking to people. I love it. This is my platform as much as it's your platform. We both like talking to people. We like motivating, inspiring people. Don't give me the detail. It drags me down. <laughs> it's just yeah, not where I want to be. You know, right. it's just... But, you know, as I say, the beauty of it is there are people like Lou who love that, you know, and I've done profiling before and we, we, we are completely the opposite. And she's yeah. always said, well, didn't need a profiler to tell us that. It's <laughs> really quite amusing. But yeah. yeah, it's yeah, we're all different. We're all unique. But it's understanding what you're what you know, what it is that you do love doing. And if you are somebody that really does get a buzz out of making sure all that admin's organised and sorted and on point brilliant it frees us up to do what we want to do you've got introverts that they will think and take in and observe more than they will do they probably will learn more than people like me <laughs> we've just got to go off i've gone but somebody's still this yeah we're all we're all unique we're all fantastic human beings so yeah how have you used your positive mindset then to overcome challenging situations in your life i kind of guess i know that because <laughs> You've kind of obviously touched on that in the introduction, and we've just been talking about um, that with you know the, the operation you've had on your your finger on your hand. A positive mindset is something that you can work on. It's like building up your resilience. You've got to look on the positive side all the time, and that's really hard sometimes. So, a classic example, you know, I've left the home. I'm I'm driving down to my next gig, and I'm five minutes away from the house, and I suddenly realise I've left my wallet at home. There's there's two ways you can look at that, as in what a nightmare, I've got to turn around and go and get my flipping wallet because uh, I need that, etc, etc. Or you can go, oh my goodness, how lucky am I that I'm only five minutes away from home. I am so happy, la la. And you, I always, yes. I do, I tell myself, wow, Steve, we are so lucky, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Gritting my teeth going, I can't believe I forgot my wallet. But yeah, it takes practice so that when something drastic does happen, you can kick in that positivity and go, okay so this could have been a lot worse and I think that's the general consensus is you look at it it could have been a lot worse uh, and it doesn't always sound like a positive way of looking at it but you know so most things they could have been a lot worse and it's it's about thinking what you can do rather than what you can't do when Absolutely. I when I got through my rehabilitation I could stand again walk again I, I had disability in both my legs I suddenly realized that there was no such thing as normal my goal had been to get back to normal I keep people keep talking about it after the pandemic the COVID-19 oh, we're going to get back to normal and I think oh, what is normal Exactly. Don't know if it's such a, a word as normal. So I learned this like many years ago, because when I realised that I was not the same as I used to be, I realised that there is no such thing as normal. So I couldn't compare myself to how I used to be, and I urge other people in my audiences not to compare themselves to other people, to their friends, to their families, to celebrities. You know, everybody's different, and it's about thinking about what you can do rather than what you can't do. Again, simple things, but think of all the amazing things you can do mm -hmm. and do that. And the things you can't do, you either work on them, you, you delegate out, or you, you eventually work out how you can delegate that out to somebody else, and you work on the things that you can do. We've all got skills. And working on those skills and enhancing those gives me happiness. So that's how my positive mindset is set, you know, with regards on what I do and how I move forward with things and how I take a, an outlook on life, I guess. We kind of probably mirror each other in that respect because, yeah, looking at the positive, for me, is the only way to do it. You know, it's 
you just have to there's always going to be a positive you know you could turn I mean I could look at all the things that I look at on a positive basis and flip them on the head and look at the negative I could bring myself down in, <laughs> in an instant you go holy really oh my gosh that's not good however I choose to look at the positive because you what you put out is what you generate back into you and you radiate that out and again that comes back and it's magnified there is always going to be something whether it's learning or as you say you know it's doing something differently to get the desired outcome there's always going to be a way of looking at something you know like you were saying about the wallet it's yeah you were only five minutes from home it's not it's not the be all and end all and there's always going to be a solution you know I always think if I'm going away anywhere as long as I've got my money passport, keys or whatever it is. I can buy whatever it is I need if, I, if I've forgotten something. And yeah. I don't know, there's always going to be a solution. I, I like to think that um, it's solution-focused outcome thinking. So it's like, okay, what is it you want to achieve? I want to be happy. How can I be happy? Well, I'm going to think as a positive mindset. And you, we aren't our behaviour, are we? We can reprogram our minds at any given yeah. time. But it takes consistency. It takes that effort like you were referring to, you know, like getting out of bed in the morning. You know, it, I'm with you. You know, it's like, oh, this is nice. I want to stay. Yeah. I've got to get up. Oh, but, you know, I've got all these things to do. Yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at the moment, so I'm speaking tomorrow in Liverpool, so I'm running on adrenaline. I'm really excited about it. It makes me nervous, excited. Um, but I have to ask myself, okay, Steve, and this over the last couple of days, maybe, what's making me nervous? What's making me unhappy? What am I nervous about? I'm thinking, well, get into the train station, right? Let's get that taxi booked now. Let's get the train tickets bought now. Where's the hotel? Let's Google Earth it now so I know how far I've got to walk to. Um, Let's pack now. Let's get my shirt. Let's get it ironed now and then it's done. What else is making me nervous? My presentation. Well, let's go through that again, even though we've done it many times. Let's go through it again. Let's go through the props. What else is making me nervous? And eventually you get to the point where you go, nothing. Nothing's making me nervous now. I think, good. Now we can enjoy it. Now we can just enjoy the trip and enjoy the whole experience. I call it neg med, as in negative meditation. I just close my eyes and just think, what's making me nervous? And let's get that stuff sorted out so that we can just move on and deal with it. Because there's always, always something that's making you upset or nervous or unhappy. And if you can like take action and sort that stuff out, then you can start moving forward and think about all well, the good stuff because there's so much good stuff. And now, and then you start doing, as you get close to the, the event, and this is what I used to do as, a, as a, an elite athlete and now as I do as a professional speaker, you do visualization. Mm-hmm. Visualization is just visualizing the event in the best way possible. You know, I'm going to get there, no troubles. I'm going to, let's go straight to the stage. I'm going to get there. There's going to be no technical problems. My slides will work. The mic will work. People will clap at the right bit. They will laugh at the right bit. They will cheer at the right bit. I get a standing ovation at the end. People will come up to me afterwards and they want to buy my book. And you visualize all of this from from all the way through in thorough detail and you open your eyes and you are smiling and you're going, this is going to be awesome. Let's go and do it. Let's go and do this thing. And and you're happy, even though you've not even done it yet. Now, I do understand that a lot of people do the opposite of that. They fear the worst because they think, as a human being, to protect ourselves, if we fear the worst, then it can't be any worse than that. So if I fear the worst, then that's a good thing. You're just putting negative thoughts into your brain. Absolutely. And, and if it does go bad, then it's going bad twice. <laughs> you really don't know how it's going to go. So if you've got to you know, predict it's going to go good or it's going to go bad, why on earth would you make it a negative thing? Now, I, again, I know why you do, but try not to. 
do the positive thing, make it all positive. And I think it's quite hard when you're very British because it's, it almost sounds big headed that, oh, they're going to give me a standing ovation and all of this. It was all going to go really well. Well, so what? It's your visualization. You can do whatever you want to do. You can visualize anything you want. So make it positive, make it good. Give yourself a smile, open your eyes, and then go and deliver. Go and do that event, that, that job interview, that presentation, that first date, whatever it is. Visualise it to the best way possible and have fun. I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. And it is. It's so true, isn't it? It's, it's visual. That, that detail. In fact, I was, as you were describing it, I was heading along the stage with you just then. I was, I was there. I was on the stage. <laughs> but it, the power of that visualisation, the power of that future pacing, the power of actually stepping into yourself in the future, feeling it, experiencing, knowing what it's going to be like, because then you can... You can, as you say, you can tweak anything that you need to tweak in advance because you can anticipate it and go, okay, well, once I've got there, this might be the issue. So let's have a look at that one as soon as I arrive or let's plan that and all that planning and that prep. So you eliminate it all. You know, it's not about focusing in on it and worrying about it. It's It's identifying it, acknowledging it. And, you know, as you say, it's coming up with a solution rather than a problem and focusing on that because whatever you focus on, amplifies so it's it's best to focus on the good stuff <laughs> because you'll get more of the good stuff and well. you know if things to I, I my mantra is everything's working out wonderfully whatever whatever's thrown at me whatever's happening you know I've been through relationship breakups and my business <laughs> stopping because of the pandemic I was like oh mm. okay right <laughs> and the bottle of wine wasn't a solution um <laughs> you know you, you just go yeah. right okay well well now what you know and it, it's dealing with the cards, but looking at it in a positive manner. What is your top tip to help harness happiness in, um, you know, for everybody that's listening, what was your top tip to harnessing happiness in, in their lives? What would you suggest? Just try lots of different things. Everybody's different. So a lot of it can be about how you share things. Um, so you obviously do the, the the negative meditation, get 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 that the negative stuff out of the way, get it sorted, do the visualisation. And then what what keeps you happy? What makes you happy? For me, music. Music is a really good thing. Find the right music. Get some playlists on your phone or whatever on on your app so that you can just press play when you're feeling a bit low and you just need a bit of a spruce up and that playlist has got your your perfect tunes in it. Uh, I use it a lot. I use it every morning when I do my morning routine when I'm on the rowing machine. And these are like words of affirmation. Now, for for people who don't know what words of affirmation, there, there are a load of words, sentences, Uh, that make you feel good. I am going to be good today. I am going to be rich. I am going to be famous. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to get that interview. Uh, I'm going to be fit and healthy. I'm going to be the best dad or father or mother ever. These are words of affirmation that people repeat over and over every single morning. Now, again, some people might not, they might feel uncomfortable doing that. And that's fine. I understand that. I do mine now and again. However, if you find the right song and you start singing along to it, you're generally singing words of affirmation. So do that instead, even if it's in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think that's something that we've missed a lot is driving to and from work ah, uh, with yes, the pandemic yes. is, you know, you used to sing along in the car. So now when do you sing along? When do you like scream out those? those <laughs> decibels. When Meatloaf yeah. comes on the radio, yay! <laughs> yeah, Show my I'm... age. <laughs> Yeah, for for me, music doesn't work for everybody. I get that. But for me, even in my book, you know, I've got a a playlist that um, that I've used to help me through my journey. Some of them good. Some some when I was feeling low, they pick me up. When I was feeling on you know on the pedestal, they they lift me up even higher. And I still use songs that. And I love Spotify. Spotify is really good because you create a playlist and it finds even more songs similar to the songs that you've already got, and you just discover more and more. 
And I've just found some really amazing songs that are just like giving me a, a new visualization, new ideas, a new uh, new feeling of happiness. So yeah, music I would recommend for everyone. Awesome. So come on then, what's your top track? I know for me, I, I quite like The Only Way Is Up by Yaz. That, that's always a, that's a really good sort of upbeat one. And Glory Again. And I have to say, I do like a lot of the sort of the, the camp camp tracks as well as some rocky music, you know, rock, rock music as well. I love I love, yeah. love to sort of so, thrash some out. You know, anything that people can't actually hear me singing is usually a good one. <laughs> I've seen speakers divulging their, their favourite tunes on the stage and sing along to it, and it's so cringeworthy that I, I understand that everybody's different. Uh, so these are these are my favourites, not anybody else's. But on my playlist, I've got Eminem. Uh, I've got uh, I've got ACDC. Oh, good. My, but some of my favourite ones are probably Chesney Hawks, uh, the one and only. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, We Close Our Eyes by mm. Go West. That's an amazing one. We Close Our Eyes is very, listen to the words, is very much about visualisation. We close our eyes and everything is amazing. It's perfect. We know we can run, we can fly. Uh, open your eyes and time's slipping away. Get on with it. It's like do the visualisation, open your eyes and then get on with it. That, that to me, is just like the, the pinnacle of what I do. Mm-hmm. Chesney Hawks is very much about, you know, we are who we are. Uh, you're the one and don't compare yourself to others. These are kind of the messages that I've just been mentioning. Yes, absolutely. So these, these songs are embedded in, in me for what I believe in. Uh, and maybe they've they formed me throughout the the eighties and the nineties and and even now. But now, you know, one of my favorite songs is is not the Prodigy Firestarter, but it's a different one called Firestarter. But it's very much I'm, I'm very much into scouting. I'm a, a Cub Scout leader. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm on about um, igniting that that fire of scouting within the young people. And I, I always have three questions when I do my presentations, and that is, who was it that that ignited the fire within you? It, you know, getting into scouting in the first place. Mm-hmm. Who's your scout leader or, or somebody who introduced you to stuff? How have you ignited fire into other people? Like, you know, what spark have you given? Have you introduced somebody to to scouting? How have you helped them? And then the third one is, how are you going to do it in the future? And when I talk about that, I, I talk about not just your group, like in the village, but what about in the county? Or what about in the country? Or what about in the world? Now, now that sounds really big, but that's what mine is. Mm-hmm. I'm, at the moment, I'm the president of Derbyshire Scouts. And I have the opportunity to to share my my passion for scouting throughout the county. That's great, but that's not enough for me. I want to do the country. That's not enough, to be honest. I want to do the world. I want to be the World Scout Jamboree in four years' time, standing on that stage with Bear Grylls, talking about passion in scouting and igniting the fire of 60,000 scouts. That's my visualisation. Wow. So, yeah, when I hear the song The Firestarter, you know, yes, I think that's the song that I want to be playing while I'm there with, with flames around and everything. And again, yes, it does sound a bit cheesy and a bit cliche and a bit big-headed, but it's my visualisation. It can be whatever I want it to be. And whether I achieve that or not, I don't know. But if I start working towards it, then I'll have no regrets. And so that's what I'm doing. We've got a cub camp in like a week and a half's time. I've got one arm at the moment. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I've got a team around me <laughs> and uh, they'll have to help me put the tents up. Well, yeah, we're going to take the going to take the kids kayaking, pioneering. Oh, crazy. brilliant. It's going to be fire in the evening. It's going to be an amazing activity. That's what I'm doing. What's everybody else doing to make sure that they ignite that passion in the new generation? Exactly, exactly. And that's just brilliant. And it is, it's all about that, isn't it? It's about the next seven generations to come. What we do now reverberates down through the next generations, the next generation, next generation. And it's so important that we get that sort of energy and that drive and that spark and that, you know, that, that, We've talked about it already, about being yourself, not wanting to be a carbon copy of somebody else, because every that person is, is being who they are. We, we're all 
all unique. It's about celebrating our individuality and all coming together, which I just get so frustrated when people judge other people. It's about just mm. embracing everybody. I, I believe we just, you know, the, the body is just a vehicle for us to have a human experience. So it's just what we get about in and how we can do what we do with. And it's how the mind works above and beyond everything else and how we connect with the sort of the universal energy and what we put out there to help other people have their life and their journey through it all. And making the most of it, like you said before as well, that every single day, you know, once the one thing that we can't get back is the time that's gone. Yeah. So it's making the most of what we've got. And I sometimes do overdo that a little bit. I do try to pack too much in. Um, so I have to rein myself in. And I think you're probably the same, you know, we're yeah. talking about, you know, but we're passionate. We love what we're doing. And, you know, you sort of, you adjust accordingly. And every so often you go, actually, do you know what? Now I do need to stop and arrest. But it is about that spark and what you, you know, you, you ignite in other people. And you, it's almost like passing that torch on, isn't it? That Olympic torch. You know, you've, you've got it, you're carrying it. And that flame within you, you can ignite that spark in somebody else yeah, and they can then move it on. And it's how that then moves on and how you can actually... There's other song, song isn't there? Is there um, I didn't start the fire, it was always burning. So you, you could... I don't know the full lyrics of it, but <laughs> that fire is burning within people. It just needs to be ignited. Yeah, I played that this morning. Um, Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. And as a speaker, you can imagine... Sorry, I can imagine a visualisation is that I start, again, sounds very cliche and cheesy, but I start off with a candle and I pass that candle light onto one person in the audience who lights the candle next to them and next to them and, and suddenly the whole auditorium has got candles and the fire started everywhere. There's a massive fire health and safety risk here, I understand that. So <laughs> I need to get that sorted out, but it is about passing it on. Yes. And it's about passing it on. And I think... A twist on all of this. So, you know, a lot of the questions have been, you know, what makes me happy? And I think the twist on that is what makes me uh, frustrated. And it's it's what you've been talking about. What makes me frustrated is people not living up to their full potential. It really frustrates the hell out of me that people are, are all talk. Oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. I really want to do this. You're so lucky. You're so lucky. And I just think, oh, will you just like get a grip and just do something? Do it. Yeah, and and what what I find is that I've got the answers, and I say that because I, because of the journey that I've been through, I've been through some really bad times, but I've learned from those. I don't want anybody to go through the bad times that I've been through. I want to share my experiences, which is exactly what I do on the stage. Uh, it gets quite low at, par at parts, but it gets uplifted because that's what the whole point of the journey is. And at the end, they get the upliftingness, if that's a word, they get the, the messages, the inspiration, the motivation, and they get the empowerment to actually go forward and do something with their job, their business, their health, their life, their love, whatever it is. That's what I want to do. And it frustrates me if people are leaving, not being inspired, not being motivated. That means that I've done my job badly and I need to get better at it. So my frustration is what keeps me going, uh, keeps powering on, really. Well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Because, I mean, the thing is, you know, in terms of working with people on a coaching scale or in, in, you know, anybody, people have to have that readiness for change. And if that's not there... However much, it's the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make mm. it drink, you know, and it might not appear that you've necessarily touched on somebody, but it will have done because it's gone into their subconscious. Something maybe later down the line will trigger the talk you've delivered, the conversation that you've had. It radiates out. It does. It's like that pebble dropping in the water and it ripples out and it's that ripple effect. 
somewhere, somewhere along the line, that energy that you're putting out will come back and you will on be on that stage in four years' time. You've got that visualisation. Mm. That person that you might not have thought that you've actually <laughs> impacted yeah. actually might be the person that connects you. you. We don't know. We can only put it yeah. out there, but it's recognising the opportunities that come back. And yes, yeah. you know, I do hear your frustration because, you know, everybody has got this amazing potential, but it is about that self-belief. It's not so much egotistic. I mean, you've referred to sort of like big-headed, and it's not. It's about... It's about loving the self, you know, and that's yeah. not egotistical because if you can't love yourself, oh, I'm, I think I'm quoting RuPaul now. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love anybody else? <laughs> now wow. Give me an amen. <laughs> There's something about me and drag queens. I don't know. What is it? I mean, <laughs> Rocky I Horror, Chris and the Queen of the Desert, RuPaul. There are other things I go to. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing... Um, part of your you know your reasons for being happy your journey and in fact I don't know whether we actually announced the fact that you were a world para triathlete champion as well I think that was a little bit missed off as well I well, we probably missed the story out but yes um yeah I did that as well two times world champion uh, best-selling author um and uh yeah resilience coach is yeah it's one of those things where somebody says introduce yourself you think oh there's 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 quite a lot to introduce here so um <laughs> i just maybe i should just like blurt it out at the beginning instead of telling a story then it gets no, the story's with. great the story's great so how do people find you best way social media i'm all over social media so there's no excuses so at steve judge is best way i do have a website called uh, and it's www.steve-judge.co.uk so either way one way or another you should be able to contact me and what i mean by that is contact me if you if you've got any questions you want to you know catch up you want to have a chat sometime if you want me to to help you or just listen to you or anything like that please feel free to to reach out and let's get together. It'd be lovely. Absolutely. Or if they want, you want to book Steve for motivational speaking as well. Or if you want him on that platform in the nine, in two, four years' time at the World Jamboree of the Scouting. He's yes, here. Absolutely. He's waiting. Just, just do want to give him a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking gigs, absolutely. Yes. I'm always open for them. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you again so much, Steve. It's always, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening. This has been Sarah J. Naylor at Harnessing Happiness with my fabulous guest, Steve Judge. And... Uh, Thank you for listening and do follow, tune in, subscribing, there's following, uh, there's reviewing, rating, whatever it is that you do, please do it and do share and uh, look forward to you uh, listening in and tuning in next time. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com. Come.